wasn't I wasn't yelling. I was just <laughs> instructing. Let the record show that Kevin was yelling at me. Oh, great. <laughs> What'd you think about that uh, Sunday School Musical movie? Um, I'm going to be totally honest. I zoned out for like 40 minutes of the movie. Like I, I had to check things on my phone and then I went into this black hole. And then by the time I looked up, I realized like the movie had changed so much. And I was just like, oops. <laughs> It's funny because I that was the movie. It was I remember seeing promo for it mm -hmm. during High School Musical, and I was curious. Oh, really? Yeah, I remember it as a kid, and I wanted to watch it, but I just I never got around to it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad I didn't watch it because I I would have hated it. Like even back then, I would have been like, this this sucks. Yeah. This isn't Zac Efron. What is this garbage? <laughs> But uh, he's a little mixed kid, so it's so, better than Zac Efron. Yeah, diversity. It was diverse before diversity in Oh, uh, come movies. on. Diversity has been a thing for a long time. Don't you know about the Burger King Kids Club? <laughs> or the Planeteers? Or Magic School Bus? No. You don't know who the Planeteers are? No. What? Where are the Kevin Planeteers? You're in you your can be one too, because saving our planet 20s. is the thing to do. We are almost a decade apart, right? Yeah, Ten for years sure. Is a decade. Yeah, More. we're a decade apart. A lot of culture changes in a decade. <laughs> I know, but I, I figured there'd be some sort of like nostalgia, you know, like oh, remember the Planeteers? I think nostalgia is more big, like nowadays. Like, everybody's trying to be nostalgic about the 80s and 90s and early right. 2000s. That's what this is. Yeah. But no, I haven't heard about You've it. You've never heard of Captain Planet? I just can't believe I it. I have, I think. Captain but Planet. probably because of my parents, not because I grew up on it. It's just, I just always think when people are like, we need to make sure there's diversity, which is fine. I get it that, uh, especially from the marketing standpoint, like, that's all it is to me. When people do that, it's just disingenuous. Uh, like, it's the same as with Christian movies. You know, all right, yeah, that's what they do. That's what they need to do to sell. But but the mm. it's the, the purchasers who fall into it who are like, wow, I only shop at places that in have inclusivity in their branding. And it's like, right. but that's always been a thing. You always look at a college application and it's like a white guy and a black girl sitting on a park bench in one of the, you know, like, it, mm -hmm. I, I'm not judging. I'm not saying it's wrong. It's just that they specifically cast these people because they know that people like, uh, you know, like Liz are going to look at it and say, I support this. Right. <laughs> yes. Well, before you get into your tangent, let's start the podcast. Okay. Okay. Don't worry, we can talk about diversity because there's this thing on Twitter today about Lord of the Rings, so. I mean, Toby Mac had an album called Diversity. Yeah, yeah, I remember. All right, here we go. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the Kevin and Liz Laughing at the World podcast. Or the other, I guess it's the other way around. Laughing at the World with Liz and Kevin? <laughs> Who's first? I'll put you first. I'll, uh... <laughs> Because I want to make sure that I um, 
What that is it called? Sexist and I racist. elevate. I I broadcast. I what is the word that they that people use to lift up your voice? Uh, I don't know. Give a platform. Yeah, Give. but there's a word like. Ah, uh, it doesn't matter. Or amplify. Sure. Is that it? Raise awareness. I don't know. Yeah, I need to raise. I, this, that's why I do this podcast. I'm giving back to your community, the Good. Liz community. Good. Good. <laughs> the community of one. <laughs> Good. Um. So before we get into me and my, uh, my inappropriate jokes, like there's certain things you just don't joke about, and one of those things clearly is gender and race. There's never <laughs> been a comedian a comedian who ever has joked about those two things. <laughs> right, right. <sighs> so what? What are you going to say? Um, we've been away for a while. Um, we got our first, uh, uh, what's, what's it called? Review of the podcast. Oh, really? Um, yeah, on iTunes. I saw it. They were very nice, but oh, they did say that they wish that we were more consistent, which I think that's like... The biggest complaint anybody uh, always has about me, in particular. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we have our. No, first I mean review. they make that about me too, because the only thing consistent I ever did was the inner tube, and that wasn't my fault. <laughs> well, in any case, thank you for the review. If I can find it, I'll try to read it to you, Kevin. But. Um, yeah. It's a, it's pretty much impossible to find. Just like the <laughs> podcast. No. No, that's not true. Um yeah, so today what's going on in the world today, Kevin? What's I don't know. To be honest, I started a new job. Oh. And I've been quite busy. And because of that, I haven't even been paying attention to what's mm -hmm. going on in the world today. All right. Like, if I look right. at Twitter, it looks like nothing funny. We got uh, Israel military stuff, and I don't want to talk about that. I don't know anything about that. Well, I did say but right before the podcast, like, literally right before it started, that um, I did... Um, I did say on Twitter about Lord of the Rings, how they wanted to do a prequel TV series, but they said something along the lines of like making sure that it's for a worldly audience. And so basically people like Critical Drinker that I follow and um, Mahler and them, they're just like, basically what this means is they're gonna try to make Lord of the Rings diverse and stuff for no other reason but just like diversity. And I was just like, oh, well, the series has already been ruined, I suppose. But like, so. wasn't the sh wasn't it diverse? They had like elves and hobbits, and well, they mean color skin diverse, Kevin, and race oh. type. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fine. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I don't know when that's a a an asset. You know when that's like a. Um, uh, an attribute in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a little racist. Yeah, you would think so. Like, well, we're going to do this thing and we're going to, hey guys, hey everybody, we're going to make sure there's 
black people in it. Huh? Huh? Am I going to get some claps for that? <laughs> Yay. And people will just play right into it. Who are you texting, yeah, well, Liz? Texting someone? Yeah, I was. Sorry. People, um, they can't see us. Only you can. Um, people were already arguing that the orcs are a metaphor for black people, which <laughs> I think is also offensive. Hey, diversity. Um, so there's that. Um, Man, they do I'm, that all the time. It's so weird. Like, who's yeah. saying this? Is it? Because they're connotating skin color to our world of skin color and race. Like, they, people feel like fantasy stories are, or any story for that matter, is supposed to reflect life. As a writer myself who's in the writing community, I hear this all the time and it drives me crazy. Um, the whole, like, you have to have a diverse cast. Well, really, you don't have to do squat with your cast of characters. You write the characters you want to write. If you want them to be diverse or not, that's up to your choice. That doesn't define you as a racist writer or not. Um, a lot of times it doesn't even make sense to ha necessarily have a diverse cast, especially if it's like a historical fiction mm -hmm. where I joke about this all the time where I'm like, your story takes place in like the 1800s where you have a black president. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. Yeah, um, I mean, it doesn't bother me just because it's like, okay, now you're making an alternate universe story. Okay, they, no, fine. no, no, no. If they're making an alternate universe, mm -hmm. that's fine. But I mean like a literal historical fiction where it's yeah. our history, they just tweaked the story. Or it's our history, but th this fake story happened in our history or something like that. That's when I'm like, you have to be accurate. But when it comes to fantasy you also sometimes have to be accurate too depending on like um your world building and like the climate you mm -hmm. would more anticipate in a warmer climate of your world building for there to be darker skinned people where in a colder climate you would have more fair if not pale skinned people things like that yeah. you might want to take into consideration if you do a diverse cast of characters um other times you just say temperature doesn't even have anything to do with it it's just diversity because i want diversity and that's totally fine i have stories i'm working on now that i wanted diversity just because i wanted it and because i wanted characters of certain races to not always be portrayed in such a stereotypical way that that they were characters first and i also just happened to want them to be diverse as well but yeah that's the issue is that they're most writers they're not focused on like yeah, we'll make it diverse, but let's make sure we make characters first. It's like, no, we're going to make this diverse and then maybe they'll maybe they'll have some compelling characteristics, maybe. Well, it's interesting cuz so much of like the argument or the 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 conversation around race uh, mm -hmm. is is really a conversation around culture and it's around like historical experiences and stuff um, that is it, it don't exist in like they they're different that's the whole point of a fantasy story is mm. you're telling a story that stems from a totally different history and Tolkien is very much an example of that because he wrote so much lore mm -hmm. to his world and so to me it's i mean i don't mind if there's actors who are of whatever skin color because it is a uh, it is a completely different world but it has nothing to do with um, 
it has nothing to do with what the conversation today is around race. If that if that means any, if that makes any sense, like yeah. okay, sure, great. I'm glad you're you're casting more people to be in this movie. You cast the best people to play the characters. I think that's important. But if it's like we're gonna say something about race because we're casting people of a certain race, mm-hmm. um, it doesn't. It isn't really necessary, right? Like they, no, you can say something really about necessary. race actually without. I mean that that was something that the people who made uh, a movie that I really like, um, I Robot. It says a lot of different things in that movie, but that was one thing that they intentionally did was they cast Will Smith to be kind of the bigot in the movie, and he doesn't like these newfangled. Uh, robots and he's not trusting of them and stuff and so he has there's even a line in there where he's like i the guy's like i think you just don't like their kind or something like that and Mm. that's the intention it's supposed to like kind of take something that is a cultural tension a cultural thing Mm -hmm. and give somebody a new perspective on it that that they won't have like a a knee-jerk reaction or a triggered reaction to it and i think that's something fantasy can do a lot of people Mm -hmm. like lord of the rings who aren't libertarian for example but they can look at lord of the rings and say oh the the ring of power does need to be destroyed and obviously tolkien was uh well it's not obvious but it is true that tolkien did lean libertarian direction he claimed to be an anarchist at times so there is a level of like uh perspective of kind of closer to what I think about politics. And there is at least this acknowledgement. Someone who who came out of World War II, he wrote a story about a totalitarian taking charge. And it's an, but it's also an analysis of how could this have happened? How could Hitler have come to power when he was elected? How could, um, you know, normal good people side with something so evil and uh and i think that's that's it's worth analyzing his story based on his his own personal historical experiences but mm-hmm. i feel like all of that gets erased or ignored or even never taught at all for the sake of what's going on in like literally today and not even 20 years ago or whatever, like this ignoring, this ignorance of history and ignorance of like culture, like actual culture and what makes us different, what are people's experiences, like both culturally and individually, I think a lot of like, a lot of those things are ignored for the sake of platitudes. Right. I think the I think the real issue with the whole trying to make Lord of the Rings diverse is like diverse in the in the definition of what we define diverse now. Yeah, li- today's version of diverse. Yeah, having diverse actors play in this in the in the story. And the stuff like the that. most childish version of diverse, which is right. what and you see on the on like it's only skin deep. Right. And my issue is like this has already been a pre-established world mm-hmm. in fantasy. It's not like it's not like Shadow and Bone, I guess, where like 
whether the main character i can't remember if she was actually asian or not i don't think she was but even if she wasn't like you could possibly get away with that in an adaptation because we don't know anything about this world yet and certain people didn't read the books but once um like once the kind of races or skin colors or whatever are determined in this world like that's how it goes um for the most part and lord of the rings is no exception if you actually look at lord of the rings yes it has a bunch of white people in it sure yeah i don't genuinely care because it's not about race the way we defined it which is by skin tone it's race by species so you have elves and dwarves and hobbits and humans and orcs and so on and so forth um right which it's, is it's a different culture but the same is a lot of time what's interesting about it is mm-hmm. different world completely different history different culture but some of the same problems right yeah i think that's why the moment where um in the third movie where um gimli is like i never thought i would die side by side with an elf Mm -hmm. and legolas says how about side by side with a friend and gimli is like i i can do that yeah like moments like that are impactful because yeah ignorant diverse uh sjw whatever would be like oh it's just two white people agreeing that like they want to be friends and it's like you idiot it's about two people of two different races who hated each other Mm -hmm. uh learning to be friends and care about each other and fight and die along each other yeah you're (laughs) that's a principle that uh that transcends race which is something yeah. we should all be striving for. Which is why sometimes yeah. when people are like, well, black people can't be racist because. And I'm oh, like, I love but that. that's. You're, I love you're, to rip that to shreds. <laughs> you're ignoring <laughs> principles of how we should all treat each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A- and you're ignoring the individual. And I think that's what right. I like about fiction and fantasy and, and sci fi is the same way. Like, mm-hmm. it's a way to not be so on the nose with your exploration of real life like you can talk about real life cultural things through a different lens yeah and maybe you can instill principles into people's heads that uh that normally they wouldn't sit and listen to some lecture from c.s lewis or from tolkien or whoever like they're not going to just sit there and listen to their teacher talk but they'll watch a cool movie and in that movie hopefully Mm-hmm. they'll walk away with something yeah yeah um that's why i always enjoyed fantasy and why i mostly write it now is like there's a lot you can say with fantasy but you kind of cover it up with world building and complex characters and uh exciting plot and things like that um but yeah you know there's a reason why to this day i believe that as marvel is burning and dc is burning with their comics and mangas kicking their butt there's a reason why into the spider-verse works so well even when it did do diversity and the reason why is like you said which i say all the time is like unless it's black panther or something really culture should not be the 
plot or a character trait of the character. It, it should be that they are human with human emotions and human struggles. And I think that's why so many people ended up loving Into the Spider-Verse and loving Miles um, in the movie because it didn't matter that he was black or biracial. Um, what mattered is that he dealt with struggles that we all deal with, which is like finding purpose and identity and, you know, not living in the shadows of other people, trying to like create your own reputation, your own legacy, your own being of who you want to be, um, you yeah. know, and the movie and, does a great job. It, it wasn't like it wasn't part of his character, you know, and, and but no. that because it should be because it makes cultural sense. His location, his upbringing, his life. Mm-hmm. Well, reflected the thing is like how he grew up. I mean, yes, it where he grew up and the fact that he's biracial, which a lot of mixed people, um, you know, I guess including myself, I don't know, I'm back and forth over that, um, struggle with identity crisis, I think, more than other people because you're split between two cultures or two races or whatever. Um, it does, I think it adds to the theme of identity and um, and and finding your place in the world. Mm -hmm. I think it adds to it, but I don't know if that's... I, it's this weird paradox of writing, right? Where, like, you set up a character to have this backstory so that it works with the theme, but the theme also comes from the backstory. Like, you can't, you can't say, like, the chicken came before the egg or the egg became came before the chicken like it's like that that's why i'm like i don't know if i would necessarily say that his upbringing is what influenced the theme as much as like one influenced the other and back and forth in this weird back and forth paradox but um yeah i just yeah. i really like that movie um even though the recent netflix movie we were talking about um the mitchells versus the machines oh yeah yeah um, it's a great movie know, it did a, a great job of showing this family and making them like beyond relatable and i'm pretty sure at least the son was probably autistic or on the yeah, spectrum something. of some sorts yeah and yet he was one of my favorite characters um he had me cracking up every time he tried to talk to the girl and he would just run <laughs> off screaming <laughs> i hate you i never want to see you again bye <laughs> It was so sweet and so human yeah. and so in, and and so enduring. And at the end of the day, that's that's what I advocate for writers that want to have a diverse cast that I hope my stories will do for people is like, yes, make a diverse cast if you want to, sure. But please make them human. Please make them relatable because yeah. how are you like let's say you're trying to write Let's say that America's as racist as you say it is, and you're writing about Me? a diverse cast to <laughs> racist readers or whatever. You would not want to like beat them over the head to just accept, you know, diverse people and not be racist. What you would do is try to make a human connection to show that like you have more in common than you think. Yeah. And and that's the same thing with with writing. At the end of the day, we all have common human desires and fears and needs and everything like that that you can implement into your diverse cast of characters so that people relate to them and and they come back to them and they're inspired by them you know um 
I think Eric July said it best, where, like, the reason why, you know, black people make it seem like, you know, white characters are liked more than black characters or whatever, the reason why is because when a white writer comes, sits down to write, they're not focused on how their race affects their identity or the mm -hmm. story or anything they're just focused on a good story they're just focused on the character arc and it's like if you maybe applied the same but that's thing a luxury that white people have you see <laughs> because you're black you have to constantly think about it well i mean that's definitely something that some black people believe or have experienced but in my personal experience and opinion i disagree i think race actually doesn't have much to do with specifically a black character as people like you to think right unless the character grows up in a world and or history where but that's that's what i mean about miles morales is that mm -hmm. that they wrote him appropriately for his character in in the mm -hmm. culture that he's in i always say this about like implementing christianity into movies is it has to be appropriate for like it has to be organic to the movie to the mm -hmm. culture you know mm -hmm. sometimes i'll give a movie a lot more forgiveness in a review i'm like okay well you know this is kind of you know i've been to this type of place this is the way it is so they're representing that well and i think it it does do a character a disservice not to re not to represent who they are and i think that's what was cool about into the spider verse is you had I don't mean representation because, oh, look, someone is the same color with me. Right. Uh, but, like, actually, here's... It, it didn't feel like, oh, we're we're trying to, like, force you to like some sort of culture that you're not interested in. But mm -hmm. it, it was an exploration in a culture that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of. And I, mean, I think that that, yeah. that is important. And, and I think that it does apply, like, to Christianity and stuff. Anytime you want... You, you have the same type of, like, uh, bait-and-switch reactions where you have people where they'll do something, like, make a character that is, like, ultra-Christian. And then when you're like, well, that, that movie sucked or that movie was cheesy. And then the reaction is, well, you don't love God or you hate, how can you not like this? How can you not support this? And, mm -hmm. you know, it's the same way, the same eggshells with people who may, you know, this kind of baiting people to react to something like, oh, hold on, my cats are, are attacking each other. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. They'll be fine. They just, the one cat's racist and the other cat's <laughs> black, so... Hold on just a second. Okay, I'm back. I solved racism. I they good. they each went their separate ways. Good, good, uh, good. So like I I feel like that's like people thrive off of that reaction of like we got there's a there's a black stormtrooper oh think about it and and like they want people to be mad about it but then when so then when someone comes along and is like hey i didn't think that this was a very well-written character because it didn't do subtlety well then the same reaction is oh well you just didn't like him because they're black because you're racist and it's like well so now i can't analyze this movie the way I would analyze another movie because now I'm going to get this this pressure. 
Well, yes, I do agree that Miles's culture is explored in in a way, but it's not like it's not obnoxious. Yes, it's, I agree. It's seen as subtle or even normal because it, to him it is normal. Um, you but know, that's what I mean. I mean. Like, so it's the type of thing that when presented in a a, it proves that when just done in an organic way then mm. you're like you were saying people who might be bothered by what spider-man's not supposed to be black mm-hmm. might watch that and say oh okay i don't mind this i like this this is cool mm-hmm. you know like you're much more likely to reach people that's what that's what i mean like same with christians same with sjw's or whoever like if you want people to think like you if you want to move the needle mm-hmm. in culture then you're gonna have to be more creative and not just tell people you're going to hell or you're a racist or like these are just pejoratives well that's what, well, that's what i was trying to say it's like recently i've been seeing clips of falcon and winter soldier and like i've lost all hope in marvel now and um <laughs> Sam I don't know. Has it's not made that a- bad of a show it's fine. Uh, Sam had made a speech about basically people wouldn't accept a black Captain America, but he doesn't care. And I'm like, this is why I hate black characters in movies and stuff. Because, like, race nowadays especially should not have much to do with your character that also takes place during this time period, like in this day and age. Mm. It just doesn't make sense on so many levels, but like we'd be here all day of me trying to explain it. Um, it's just very frustrating. And the reason why I kept saying like Miles's culture isn't uh, like it doesn't necessarily shape the theme is more just because on a basic American level, he's he's just a, a, a city kid. Like, he's just a, a city kid who right. goes to a private school. The only thing that is of his culture is that his mom is Spanish and his dad is black. Um, and, like, he speaks Spanish and English and maybe a few other things. But, like, to me, that's not, en- like, it's not enough for me to be like, oh, yeah, like, the culture, you know? Um I don't know. I don't know why. I th- I think it's just because the story itself doesn't focus on it the way that Black Panther does about yeah. culture and everything. It's more just like this is Miles. He's a uh, black kid, lives in the city, goes to a private school. He's a, a geek, and you're gonna like him because he's relatable. And the, that's what I got from it, you know? The rest of his culture kind of went over my head because him as a character is all I really cared about anyway. But I do agree that if you're going to represent any form of culture, that just make it normal. And don't preach to people, uh, to, like, to the audience about it. Like, just make it normal. Like, this is just the world they live in. Like, this is the thing that people complained about a lot in The Witcher TV show that I watched, but I actually liked, which mm. is that they don't explain stuff to you. 
not often at least you just have to catch up and like figure it out as you're watching the show and yeah. i actually like that i'm not saying all stories should be like that but i liked seeing that for once where it's like no we're not going to do exposition no we're not going to you know say things to the audience and preach at them whatever they're just going to have to figure it out they're just going to have to put the pieces together and i i like that because it it respects the audience um, I didn't like that I couldn't walk over to any of the other characters and ask them what's going on. <laughs> you know? I'm like, hey, hey, I can't... Th- my guy's moving and I'm not even moving him. And then I go to the Shadow and Bone TV show <laughs> that I watched and get the total opposite where they start out with exposition. The main character is literally narrating um, something that then is shown two seconds later. I'm not joking. I literally timed it. It was two seconds later. She literally is saying like, she's unique because of the way she looks and because she looks like her mom. And then literally a second later, a guy mentions like the land she came from. And she's like, but I'm from here. And he's like, oh, as in like, she doesn't look like it. And it's like, you could have gotten rid of the narration and just left that for us to infer that her kind doesn't belong there or whatever, which also doesn't make sense because I thought the whole point of making the main character Asian is to show like she's like one of the few Asians in this world, but you see so many Asians in this world that I'm like, what is her, what, what is it about her that makes her unique? And then they try to explain, well, like she doesn't have magic or she, then she does have magic, but then people who do have magic are powerful on this side, but they're actually not. And it, the world was so confusing in that show. I just, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But anyway, um, I'll always say that the, the first book I really fell in love with and, and the main character was The Hunger Games and, and Katniss. And Katniss is white and i am not and i loved every part about her when i was young because she was not your typical uh female character she was more of a tomboy she was a hunter um she would she would speak her mind when she wanted to she was very observant because she was an introvert um she cared about her younger sister and she cared about certain people and um she was just i really related with her as just a person and also as a teenage girl um way more than probably other books that had black lead teenage girls or whatever um really that's what that's what any story is supposed to be about it's supposed to it's supposed to be about connecting with your audience by having a compelling story and compelling characters yeah and and should be the last thing on the list (laughs) right i think that um you know there's a balance between making a relatable character and taking people on a journey to somewhere that they haven't been uh Mm. part and that is with a character maybe they they normally wouldn't uh wouldn't know in real life or go Mm -hmm. to a place that they normally wouldn't go um but along the way they're learning principles that are applicable to their life. And not that everything's supposed to teach you a principle, but in exploration, you learn, you discover. Um, And so that's, you know, that's what Christians don't understand often about (laughs) stories is, hey, I know I bring it back to that, but I've spent a lot of my time talking about Christian movies, so everything connects to it. (laughs) It's all related. But, you know, understanding that life 
Life is a journey and you learn. Life's a dance. You learn as you go. Sometimes you lead and sometimes you follow. And you shouldn't worry about what you don't know because life's a dance. You learn as you go. And uh, on top of that, uh, life uh, stories are exploring places that you may not have gone or exploring directions that you like directions in life that you may not have taken and it's so much about the story mm-hmm. and yeah. when i guess it goes back to what we said earlier about like the reason for pushing to put more black characters in lord of the rings is a strange one to me it's not wrong people can do what they want but i feel mm-hmm. like it's a misunderstanding of the uh the purpose of story which is exploring a world and principles and ideas that don't that that maybe exist in this world but are different in this other world and mm-hmm. learning those things and like you said oh it's just two white guys becoming friends well it's a principle that transcends race and yeah there's a lot to learn about it in lord of the rings and it's fun yeah, I agree. Why Why do people all have to be so serious about everything? I think the issue really is like what they did with um, the Falcon being the black Captain America or whatever. It's like, one, you retconned his character. Two, um, when he first met Cap, and I will always reference this, when he first met Cap in Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and they're running around the Washington, whatever, um... Cap immediately connects with him. And Cap grew up when there was still segregation and there was colored this and colored that. But he immediately connects with a black man mm-hmm. after waking up being an ice for 90 years. Or, yeah, I think it's like 90 years. White ice. And he connects with him because they were both in the military and they both understand those experiences. Yeah. And I loved that so much. Not only because I feel like the military is one of the few places where, like, racism was the earliest to kind of, like, go away, sort of. Because, like, you had to trust each other in combat. Mm-hmm. You didn't have time to be racist. Um, and you, but, you you even had, um, even in the Civil War, you that's what that movie right. Glory is about. It's a fantastic movie. And there was things to overcome, but they earned respect, you know. Uh, right, right, in the right. military and stuff. And I, um, yeah, check exactly. that movie out. And um, I just loved their their scenes together and their connection as friends. Yeah. And the fact that Cap, you know, gave it to Sam. And it's uh, whether subtle. Whether you agree or disagree with him It was like, it Sam, it's not but... like Captain America, not like uh, whatever Captain America's name is. Uh, what is his name? Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. not like he stopped in the middle of that scene and was like, ladies and gentlemen, my racism is gone because I connect with this guy in, I have chosen to connect with him as a military person and to see past his skin. Co- like, right. someone told me on Twitter, like, well, but the whole point of Captain America is he always gave speeches. And so that speech that, uh, that Sam gave was... Um, was 
to show that he'd become Captain America. But I just no, don't see Steve really Rogers wasn't. doing speeches like that that are just skin deep and shallow. Cap gave, in the, in the movies, we're not talking comments, in the movies, Cap gave speeches to his team, not to, not to the public, not the way that Falcon did it. Yeah. And not like as if he was going to get involved in politics either because Cap wasn't about politics. That was kind of the point of Civil right. Wars. That yeah, he, he would walk away want- from stuff like that. Yeah, like he didn't want the Sokovia Accords and all that. But anyway, um, I loved their relationship up until they ruined it. And um, I always say that if someone's not writing the story or the characters you want to see, then go write it yourself. If you want black people to stop being seen for only their skin color, then write a story where skin color doesn't matter. And you'll probably win an Oscar. (laughs) or not um if you feel like men and women should be seen as equal people fighters whatever then write a story about it where they don't even bring up gender like that's not the reason why someone would mock a female fighter they would just mock her because of the way she looks or what she said or how she fights but not because she's a woman if anything, the people in that world would laugh them out, saying, like, who cares she's a woman? Like, this has been going on since the dawn of ages. Like, this is the point of stories, to explore ideas and explore concepts that either hasn't been done or hasn't been done the way that you want it or whatever. Nobody is obligated to write a story about your race or your personality or your gender or sexuality or whatever. Nobody has any responsibility to do that besides you who wants this story writers come from all forms of life if you want to be a writer then go write a story and go get it into the oscars and all that fun stuff but no writer including myself has any obligation to write a black character just because black lives matter or whatever like yeah it is annoying when people like and i i don't like when anybody does this but when they attempt to shame a a artist into doing a thing that they want because that artist has gained popularity you Mm -hmm. know like you gain popularity then if you want that thing do Mm -hmm. it and try Mm -hmm. to gain popularity don't try to hijack and i'm not saying that it's hijacking (laughs) (laughs) you know i'm not saying it in that way that oh i'm sick of these people joining the lord of the rings and ruining my fun i'm not saying that i'm not uh uh i am a youtuber but i'm not a neckbeard and i don't <laughs> care him. about that right but i care about the individual and that most of the things i say come from that and if you as an individual don't feel represented or don't feel like the stories that you want are being made that's and I guess this is my capitalism coming out, but that's an that's a, a untapped market. Tap it. Right. Tap that market. Tap think, it good. <laughs> I think the issue uh, or the counter argument people would make is like, um, like there's no excuse to not have a diverse cast or have black characters or whatever. Like, you know. Um, there is an excuse because there's a limited supply. Uh, I mean, as somebody who works in, in the media industry, like if you are a minority of any kind and you want to be an actor, uh, there's a lot of jobs. 
because everybody's trying to get diversity in all of their content now. Uh, there's huge demand for it. And sometimes it's really hard to find actors who are around and, and able to. So I guess move to Nashville if you're an actor and you're of any type of minority because there are jobs to be had. Well, the... Well, let me finish my point and then I'll Fine. go to the other one. But um, the the argument no is more like um like if your story was a comic or a novel not necessarily a tv show or movie mm. you know they would still argue that like there's no there's no excuse to not have a diverse cast like you, like if you can write a character then you can write a black character basically and it's like yeah but like Depending on the world building and depending on whether the book takes place in our world or in a different world, and just depending on the person's background where they just they don't want to misrepresent yeah. or they just were never really around black people or whatever, they just don't want to do it. They're not comfortable or whatever. And it's like, well, then ask black people. And it's like, maybe they just they just don't want to do it. They're not racist. They just they just don't want to. And, like, that should not stop them from telling a possibly amazing story just because they wanted to do more of a Tolkien thing and have light-skinned people with different species or whatever. Like, that, that, I feel like whatever your reasoning is... You're dumb. Your cast of characters, whether it's (laughs) all this or all that or, or mixture or none of it is your business. Yeah. Just make a good story. Um, the other thing I was going to say about the whole finding black actors, yeah, a lot of black people in general, I feel like, aren't encouraged enough to be actors. Like, they're still encourages, encouraged to be um, athletes and rappers and things. But the real issue I have personally is with this selection of black actors you have, you need to make sure they know how to act. Because even some famous black actors that people admire, I personally think they can't act. Like, they're just, they can't act, or they're acting too much. They don't know restraint. Um, yeah. I'll always say that I can't stand Viola Davis when she cries, because there's always snot running down her nose and <laughs> mouth and neck, and it drives me insane. That's not acting. That's disgusting. Um, also, Idris Alba usually just has, like, this resting bitch face where, like, he just, like, he doesn't want to be there, sort of. And How that's not you? acting either. Um, <laughs> I mean, there are a few good black actors. It's just... They're yeah, there's not, a lot of good black actors. They're not necessarily some of the ones people think they are. And I think, whoops. And I think that, like, the issue is people give them the benefit of the doubt because they're black. They don't hold them to the same standard of acting. And I'm not falling for that because mm. I... Part of what makes a good movie or TV show is the actors. I mean, the writing, yes, but the actors kind of bring it all together with a bow on top. And so it's kind of important that you know how to act and people should not give you a pass just because you're black. But Yeah, I mean, whether they should or shouldn't, I think that sometimes uh, they do. And, um, and you know, it, there is cultural pressure. And I think that is something that... Um, 
you know, I tend to lean towards, uh, lean towards being more focused on what people can do and who's best for the role and best for the part and that sort of thing. Um, I don't think our culture is focused towards that. I, I think that people want exceptions made and for the same reason I've, you know, again, always talked about holding Christian movies up to the same standard. Um, I think it's important to uh, to just pick the best person for the role and uh, whether it's um, whether it's acting or a job or whatever, like I don't want people to I, w- I want race to be like hair color, you know, or left handedness. Like there's, <laughs> I, we don't look at somebody and say, you have this hair color. I just, there's tension between me and my friend because she has brown hair and I have blonde hair. Like that's not a thing. Nobody talks like that. And, right. or look at this redhead. Oh, 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 there's a redhead coming. I, I stand with redheads Although on this day. It's, don't it's like blondes. It's into, right. yeah, but that's right. But it's something that can be laughed at. Nobody's like, "Oh, we oh shh shh shh, sh, don't tell say a blonde joke because there's a blonde near." Like it's a it's just a silly thing, blonde and you can laugh matters, it off. Kevin. What's that? Blonde hair matters, Kevin. I know. Like like that would be silly. That's silly. Yeah. And I think that it would be good if that's how we saw things. Mm. If we didn't judge people based on their hair color but we laughed at our cultural differences and mm-hmm. we're friends at the end of the day. Like you and me laughing at the world. Yeah, we're ebony and ivory. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, again, making things appear normal in especially fantasy stories. Um, you know, there's a reason why you usually have a outsider character who doesn't know much about the world they mm-hmm. live in, so that you can cleverly or not so cleverly expose it to the audience about the world. They can but, say, what's that thing over there? Right. Well, Frodo. Like, it's Harry Potter all oh. over again. Um, <laughs> I probably triggered a bunch of people. I'm sorry, I just don't necessarily care for Harry Potter, sorry. Um, I think, though, even with uh, having a character who is your exposition person. Yeah. Um, you the guy still... in the goofy sweater asking all the obvious questions. Right. You should still make the world to the remaining characters as normal as possible. Because that'll help the audience quickly accept that this is normal. Or these are the rules. Or this is the world. Or these are the people. Or this is the magic system or whatever. Mm-hmm. I got it. I'm invested, you know, let the story begin. Um, I think that's what anime will always do so well is that no matter what the story is, um, and I've watched a lot of anime and counting, um, no matter what the story is, whether it's fantasy or or more realistic or sci-fi or whatever it may be, it does a good job of making the world feel real and normal uh, going into the story. And within the first few episodes, you quickly adapt to like, this is the world, this is the rules, this is this, and now the story has begun. Um, I don't know. I just, I laugh like a, like Maleficent laughs in seeing Marvel and DC destroy itself and eat itself alive 
and that manga and anime is just kicking its butt right now because um you know anime is mostly the characters give or take are mostly japanese and yeah uh, that's why i don't watch it i don't feel represented (laughs) and you know they just focus on the story and the characters um even the villains are well written most of the time yeah and it's just good storytelling because it's 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 almost rarely about race i think there's only one or two uh animes i watched where racism kind of came into play other than that it's just about the story and about like human conditions both the negative or the positives or both sometimes it's tragedy sometimes happily ever after sometimes it's a mix of the two well maybe Um, maybe they know that people don't want to hear what the japanese have to say about racism (laughs) they're not the world's not ready for that (laughs) i don't know they ain't ready for that um people have been like so happy to see a few i guess black characters in good. certain animes mm, good good and people have been discussing like it's so brave because they could destroy their whole lives diversity in anime the thing is when the black characters are in the anime show like it's yeah. not it's not like western culture where it's they're like their whole identity is that they're black if anything they're usually a side character anyway that mm. like like helps the main character for like one episode or something or they reveal information we needed to know or something like that. Um, I just find it funny that they're arguing for diversity in anime when literally it's about Japanese people. Like, I don't... Yeah, and they're inherently diverse. Yeah, they're inherently diverse. Right, because I, you know... That reminds me of that Vanity Fair cover (laughs) or whatever where it was like, it was all black women and it was like celebrating diversity. And it's like, well, but this isn't diverse. It's the same... I mean, it's it's fine, but this isn't diversity. Just all black people. How's that <laughs> diversity? That's the opposite of diverse. Yeah, but because white is the default, then obviously all black. Yeah, which is interesting because I don't even know if worldwide that's true. Is it? Worldwide, no. Go to China, go to Korea. What's the, uh, Japan, well, no, I mean, obviously uh, in those particular places, but I just mean like, are there more white people than other races? Are, in the entire what's the world? World demographics i don't know by race i don't think so though i still think it's asian but i could be wrong nearly two-thirds of the world's population lives in asia and more than 2.7 billion in the countries of china and india told you interesting interesting so i'm a minority i guess and in a way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially if you come from Irish, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're Americans are definitely in the one percent of the top one percent uh, economically. Oh. So if you want to, is that still true with oh, the yeah. current administration? Oh, you you think it's not true now that uh, that. <laughs> dogecoin is dropping in uh, value is that what you're saying you mean dog coin <laughs> dog coin because <laughs> of the dog well this has been a great episode and i'm very proud of it good as long as you're proud of it with the only white the only privilege. political thing that i wanted to say is here we go uh, 
if there weren't laws against uh, price gouging, then there wouldn't be a gas shortage. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Because there's laws against price gouging. You know what that is? No, but I guess you're going to tell me now. Price gouging is is a is a, a a derogatory term for supply and demand. Basically, it's illegal for like businesses to raise their prices when there's like a run on toilet paper. Like, oh, everybody's buying out toilet paper. The supply and demand would indicate that all right, everybody's buying out the toilet paper. Let's raise the price of toilet paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then that's not fair because people are running out. Well, supply and demand allows for things not to run out. So, like, you've got people right now because the there's some pipeline. This this will be dated by the time this podcast comes out. But <laughs> all the gas stations are running out of uh, gas right now. Mm. And uh, and so you got people who are like filling up. I saw this. Somebody was filling up garbage bags full of gasoline. Mm-hmm. Well. And I commented on the the thing. I was like, well, price gouging would fix this because if they were allowed to raise their price to, say, like $50 a gallon for gas because there's a shortage, then you wouldn't have stupid people filling up trash bags full of it because you'd only buy what you need. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I only the people who really needed to go somewhere would pay $50. You'd think about it. It causes mm-hmm. it's a little thing in your brain that says, you know what? Do I really need to go get that Kit Kat bar? Mm-hmm. Do I really need to break me off a piece of that Kit Kat bar? Or can I wait till this whole thing blows over? Then mm. when the people who really do need it, who are like, my grandma's dying in the hospital and I need to be there. I know it's going to cost me, you know, $400 to get there, but I need to get there. He really needs that Kit Kat bar for his grandma. Yeah. Then, then you know, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy five dollars of gas at fifty dollars a gallon mm-hmm. because I I need the gas. I need to get to work because I don't want to lose my job or whatever. And there will be gas there to buy. You know, this happened when COVID went down, where you had um, you know people buying out hand sanitizer or. Like there was a guy who got in trouble because he bought a bunch of hand sanitizer and was selling it, and they're like, like at a at a raised rate, mm. and they're like, "This is bad because you bought all of it out." Well, somebody was going to buy all of it out, and wouldn't isn't it better for that guy to be selling it, making it available, than like he stopped because since the stores wouldn't raise their price, he raised the price by buying it and reselling it instead of somebody hoarding it in their basement. Like, I would rather it be available and me pay $50 for a, a thing of hand sanitizer if I really need it than somebody buying a bunch and just saying, no, it's mine. <laughs> like, that's the real bad person. But yet that guy gets criminally charged. It was here in Tennessee. And that guy ha- gets in trouble and is the villain and people are posting about what a terrible person he is. And yet nobody's posting about what terrible people who did buy it and weren't selling it. Right. Because they're making a profit, and profit is evil. And that's mm-hmm. Kevin's Economic Soapbox. Look, you, nice. today was writing school with Liz mm-hmm. and Economic Soapbox with Kevin. Nice. And whatever is going to get Kevin canceled. Uh, no, because I'm here. You don't think? I'm your, <laughs> your colored shield. So. That uh, now people are going to think that that's true. 
I mean, they're going to know that that's true. <laughs> wow. Uh, so Caucasian is... Wait a minute. Okay. These people... <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I didn't. I had no idea how few white people there were. Mm-hmm. We're losing. We're losing the battle. <laughs> I was looking at this pie chart. Uh, more than half the world is Asian and Middle Eastern. Yep. And white people are one point two percent, or or I guess not percent. One point two of I don't know how this is being. I guess I don't know how they're doing these numbers actually, but. And blacks are one. So, like, we're basically the same amount. Yeah, but when you break it down in the country, then, every, you know, everyone yeah. loses their mind. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll go back to Caucasia. <laughs> I'm going back, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, this has been a great episode. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to everybody later. Bye-bye. Good night.